Today is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024, and this is the Weekly Refresh. We are all builders. We are building the church. Each of us is a small portion of the building, and each of us builds a portion of the building that is the church. You have a part, every single one of us. The building is not physical, but Paul uses the analogy of a physical building to make his point that each of us is building upon a foundation. The foundation is Jesus, and the rest of the building that is constructed on that foundation is the rest of the church, of which we are all participating in construction. Paul tells us his role, what he built, and what our role is after he is done. In 1 Corinthians 3, 10-11, Paul writes, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So there are three truths to note here. One, Jesus is the foundation of the church, implying that what is built upon Christ is the church. Two, Paul laid the foundation of Jesus Christ, meaning he preached the gospel of Jesus by which people were saved and laid a foundation for the future of the church for others to build upon. And three, We are those builders who build upon the foundation of the gospel that someone else laid. That last part is essential. That most believers, after Paul, are not doing what Paul did. Paul had a unique ministry in that he was to preach the gospel to build and establish churches all over the known world in the first century where there were not already believers in churches. Most believers do not share that calling, but there are some today who are called to do what Paul was called to do. He says of himself in Romans fifteen twenty, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Now let's put these two texts together. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul is laying a foundation that no one else has laid. In Romans 15, Paul is laying a foundation where no one else has laid one. Notice that Paul indicates in Romans 15.20 that there are others who are also building a foundation. And Paul's personal ambition, given to him personally by Jesus, is to lay foundations of the gospel so to build a church in places where others have not yet done that foundational work. Meaning, Paul is not the only foundation layer. In 1 Corinthians 3, he does not state that he is the sole foundation layer, but rather that no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Meaning others can also lay the foundation, but if they do, the only foundation that will stand is that of Jesus and his gospel. So the foundation is the gospel, and it is only laid once in a particular place, and when it is laid or preached or taught through evangelism, the church is established. There are some who find this to be their life calling, but it cannot be everyone's life calling since the church is made up of several different gifts and functions and abilities. Much like building a home, one company lays the foundation, then a different company builds the structure, then a different company installs the plumbing, then a different company runs the electrical, then another company installs the windows, then a different company lays the roof. Many different people do different aspects of the building, and each building that is built can look different, have different floor plans and and different distinctions about its structure. But what remains true is that every building requires the same fundamental support, which is a solid foundation. If the foundation is faulty, the building will not last. 
If the foundation is solid and correct, then that which is built upon it will stand the test of time through storms and winds and rain. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus called himself the foundation of the church when he said that he is the rock that we should build our life upon versus building our life on sand that does not provide a solid foundation. So as we examine our current situation, we find that there is already a foundation laid here, and that foundation is the truth of Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection is the only means to salvation from the consequences of our sinful nature that offend a perfectly holy God. That foundation has already been established in our town and in our area. So we are not building a foundation, and you are not called to build a foundation here. God may be calling you to be a foundation builder, which we would call the spiritual gift of apostleship. But here in our context, that work has already been done. So what are we to do now? In 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15, Paul tells us that we are the ones who build the church upon that foundation. That is both a corporate reality of the church and an individual reality of the church, meaning you are building the corporate building and the corporate building is your local church. And that local church is part of God's universal church. So we are all a part of building the universal church by building our local church. But what does it mean to build a universal church by building the local church? It requires that you are personally building your own life on Christ. The building that you are building is not only universal, it is not, and it is not only local, but it is also personal. The building is you, your life in Christ and your sanctification. So before we understand what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15, we must first understand that he views the building of the universal church as a product of the local church. And he understands the local church to be a product of your personal spiritual growth in Christ. So how do we build the church? We build our own life upon Christ. Very few of us have the reach to influence hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of people through our ministry. For most believers, their ministry reaches tens of people, maybe a hundred or a couple hundred, but rarely more for the average believer. So what is the general agenda for each Christian as they participate in building the church? To build your own personal life on the gospel of Jesus, on scripture, by which we will discover what other areas of influence we are called to impact. Paul's big scale agenda here is to build and expand the church, but he doesn't approach that calling with a big vision of synergy and vision casting with church meetings about creating a unique mission statement that will get as many people in the doors as possible. Rather, Paul's big-scale agenda is to build and expand the church. Paul's big-scale agenda to build and expand the church is to tell all the individuals within the church to do their individual jobs, to focus on their personal growth in Christ, to obey, to be sanctified, to grow, to learn, and to discover their calling and pursue that calling. But it starts with you and your heart and mind. It starts with you and Jesus alone together, praying, studying, learning, growing, repenting, desiring God, and pursuing Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 13, 
Paul writes, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. It seems clear that though Paul intends to build the universal church, the means to achieve that work is to get each individual worker focused on their individual part, which is your sanctification. Each of us contributes to building the church, but must but we must do so by investing in our personal relationship with Jesus. Paul continues his analogy by saying that we build with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Then that which you build will be put through fire, tested to see if it holds up to the standard required for building for the building to stand and endure. Essentially, these are your works, and your works will be tested. And the standard is the truths of scripture. And our lives will go through the testing of fire to see what is produced in this life and if it was essential to the structure we call the church. All of us will have works that will be burned up in the fire and all of us who are genuine believers will also have works that pass the test of fire as those works are holy, righteous and good works done biblically. All of this will be revealed on what Paul calls the day referring to the return of Christ. Paul goes on in verse, 1 Corinthians 3, 14 through 15. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Notice that even if your works do not contribute to the soundness of the structure that we call the church, and those works are burned up by fire and revealed to be worthless works that you wasted your time doing, we are still confirmed as saved. So this is not a matter of justification, but a matter of sanctification. Regardless of how we build our lives or what we do to build our spiritual lives, We are secured in our salvation because the foundation is immovable and the foundation is Christ. And this foundation ensures that no matter how wonky the building is, the foundation is secured and so are you. Though we get that little bit of encouragement about the security of our salvation, that is not Paul's primary point here. Rather, he is trying to get us to understand that even in the security of our salvation, we must work at our sanctification because that work will be tested and we will all have to answer to God for the works we've done. We will not be judged for our works or condemned for those works that are burned up in the fire because Jesus already endured the judgment and condemnation for our worthless works when he suffered for us on the cross. So this isn't about getting saved or staying saved. This is about loving the one who saved us so much that we make it our life goal to do his work, to build his building on top of him, who is the foundation upon which we build. We are all called to participate in building God's kingdom, but we do it locally. And in order to impact our local building, we must build our own personal life on Christ. And the building that you do will be tested one day to see which of your works survive the fire and which of your works are destroyed. Again, this will not be a time of condemning judgment, but of evaluation of your participation in your sanctification. And when it's done, our worthless works will be destroyed. But the good works that survive, the fire, will produce for us eternal rewards. 
So when we talk about building God's kingdom, we're talking about building our own lives on Christ to obey him, to follow him, to serve him, to love him, grow in him, learn about him, sacrifice for him, suffer for him, find pleasure in him, and find eternally wonderful joy in him. That, and much more, is the aim of the believer's agenda to build the kingdom of God. When we do that, we will also find our calling. And in finding our calling, we will find which ways we are best suited for our individual service to the work of building God's kingdom. This is why when people tell me that they want to do certain ministries, I usually tell them to wait because their individual growth is the means to discovering their ministry to the church. Before jumping ahead and getting to work on building the building, we must step back and realize that to work on our own sanctification is the building that we are commanded to do. Get to work on that and your calling will come.